War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, weekdays, we start right at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, topetro.com. Well, it's a rainy Thursday. It's Thursday. It's October 13th. And, folks, I, just the, the state of the state right now. Now, first of all, this horrible story out of Connecticut. <clears throat> Three officers shot, two killed overnight. There is, um, there is a problem with the Democrat Party and this anti-aggression, and aggression, I should say, that they have towards law enforcement. We find out now was seemingly a, we're learning more, but a bogus 911 call. I mean, basically, they were like walking into a trap. It's just horrific. And it can't be ignored. In our state, I was there two years ago, September of 2020. Then Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee, now Governor McKee, he may regret it now, but he was the keynote speaker at an anti-police rally and they were calling the police killers and they were calling them racists and all these hateful things towards law enforcement he no one asked him about it i have the video of it up on depetro.com i was there actually i was the only media person there it was one of those things that they because it was a weekend it was on a saturday it was in barrington the media didn't turn out i was there the speeches were uh, just horrible and very violent and he spoke at that and has never renounced it and without question you know our attitudes towards criminals under the mcgee administration is very lax i think the biggest thing that goes unspoken is the drunk driving is just completely out of control in the state now folks a couple other stories new york times has a story rhode island first state to allow these quote safe injection sites and even one of the people that speaks in the story says, I don't think this helps us. I think this just gives us like, it makes it more tempting to go get high because it's so easy. So Governor McKee has not been asked about that. That did not come up in the Channel 12 debate. The soccer stadium did not come up in the Channel 12 debate. Now, a couple of developments on this Thursday. First of all, RIPTA once again. RIPTA is a mess. RIPTA needs, Scott Avedesian needs to go i knew him i've known him for over 20 years nice guy when he was mayor of warwick he's having some problems to say the very least he's got to go you need to change your leadership over there and the amount of six-figure jobs over there is ripped and needs to be blown up folks at some point it'll come out where do you see some of the salaries over there you have all these guys they were taking jobs there while they were still giving their um you know resignations or i i should say they were decide you know they have to leave the force the state police and a bunch of them went over there and i, I don't understand that the pay disparity you have drivers that are out on the front, front lines like making you know very low wages and then you have these retired state police working in there ripped at the abuses are just and again they had to cancel more buses this morning and it's the buses where they give these Providence students free vouchers to use ripta to get to school so now they they don't go to school it is a mess ripec has come out with a statement that the public education system in rhode island right now is in a total crisis so just horrible governor mckee ripta is a mess the public schools he won't release the test scores till after the election because they're so poor he admitted at the debate they're terrible now also he rolled over though for the teachers unions so i was surprised the other night at the channel 12 debate Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee said, well, I'm the education governor. Well, if he's the education governor, then we might as well just fold the tent. Now, he's out with a new ad today. She's not from around here. There's a lot of things wrong with it. I'll play it during the course of the show. <clears throat> Actually, I could play it right now. It's um, it's the most anti-Semitic spot I think I've ever heard. And, um, and I, I don't know if the, you know, the media is picking up on it enough. But he, I also don't think it's going to be that effective simply because they never show her name on the screen. And, and therefore, since they never show her name 
on the screen, if you just watch it quick, I, I don't think people are going to know who, who they're even talking about. I don't think so. So, but I'll play it right now. This is the new, and it's 60 seconds, by the way. 60 seconds. I'm surprised they don't have the mother in there saying, I don't know who she is, <clears throat> or something like that. Um, not from around here. So this is the new McKee for governor. Uh, very anti-Semitic. China, you know, why doesn't Kalis just go back to Florida? Uh, here it is. This is the new uh, Governor McKee spot towards his opponent, Republican Ashley Kalis. Just released today, and this obviously shows he's seeing her in the rearview mirror. So here we go. Ashley Kalis isn't from Rhode Island. She's from California. Or is it Illinois? That's where she got a tax break on her house. She just voted in Florida. And she wasn't even registered to vote here until this year. She doesn't support protecting a woman's right to choose. And she could limit abortion access in our state. You gotta be kidding me. Ashley, that's not Rhode Island. She says she has a vacation home here. We don't need a governor who summers here. You can't leave the state if you just moved here. Has she ever had a hot wiener or a quahog? Does she know to stop at the sign of the big quahog? No, Ashley, you don't dip your pizza strips in coffee milk. Now she wants to be our governor? No way. She said her political idol is Ron DeSantis. Good. Also from Florida. She said she might leave if she loses. Adios. I can't. I can't. I can't vote for Ashley Kalis. I won't vote for Ashley Kalis. No way. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Ashley. You're not from around here, are you? So that is the new McKee spot. Let me play that again. She mispronounces. Uh, it's. Has she ever had a hot wiener or a quahog? Does she know to stop at the sign of the big lemon? No, Ashley. It's it's Quahog, not Quahog. It's Quahog, not Quahog. It's, let me just, it's. All right, well, anyway. Folks, that is uh, the new McKee commercial. Uh, what that does for education scores, I don't know. He is, uh, he did not like the other night. Now, they have another debate tonight. And then, then it's, they take a break. Uh, for quite some time, and I'm sure not by her choosing, but the state right now is teetering on the brink. In the meantime, Matt Matos just continues to hide Sabina Matos, the lieutenant governor, who also supported defunding the police. I wonder what kind of statement she'll put out today, especially in light of Connecticut and what happened with those two officers that lost their lives. Folks, you know, I get these uh, Black Lives Matter activists, the other, they're always attacking me saying that my coverage especially on facebook is always it's too pro-police they the the term they use is they say all he does is copaganda meaning it's like propaganda for police listen it's a tough job where are we going where where is uh, governor mckee and the democrat party going with this whole defund the police foolishness and narrative but now look at look at the effects of that look at the effects where then you have two officers killed overnight. It's terrible. All right, folks, Attorney Tim Dodd's going to join us a lot more. Alex Jones got smoked, and he's got another trial to go. But, hey, he brought it on. He brought it on. Um, he's, it, you know, freedom of speech. There is his speech is free. It's the lies you got to pay for, as they say. It's Thursday. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals, they're a cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from covid you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online 
at atmedurgentcare.net. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Time for our legal segment. Joining us right now, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys, he's our legal expert. It's attorney Tim Dodd. And Tim, there it is. Channel 12 debate. Governor McKee, Ashley Kalis, Tim White, Ted Nisi. And when asked, Governor McKee says the state is going to appeal the truck tolls. Now, it was tossed out of court. I believe the state has 30 days. Um, I want to walk through. Now, first of all, I, I don't think businesses certainly don't like this. But, Tim Dodd, this, this is no layup when you want to appeal this. It's bounced around a little bit. Um, I want to hear your legal thoughts on his announcing their decision to appeal the truck tolls. He, he did announce it in the context of the debate, yeah. um, which was kind of awkward. Uh, and then he was challenged by Ashley Kalis to say, well, what are you appealing based upon? I mean, it's a clear violation of the Commerce Clause. Right. What's, your, what's your grounds? What's your argument? And all he said was, well, we're going to appeal. So he, I mean, not that I expect him to spar on all the legalities, but he had nothing no. um, in terms of what's up. In terms of the validity of the appeal, I mean, we talked when if this whole scheme went into effect that it seemed unconstitutional that you could just toll out-of-state trucks. Um, it's gone through a very tortured course through the legal system. Initially, the federal court judge that had this case dismissed it. Uh, the truckers appealed to the First Circuit. First Circuit said, no, you shouldn't have dismissed it. Um, the plaintiffs are entitled to a trial. So then the judge, Judge Smith, duly had a trial. And at the end of the trial, uh, found in favor of the truckers, which was quite a turnaround. Yeah. Now, there's many arguments that um, would suggest that this whole scheme is unconstitutional. Uh, it, 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 it apparently does violate the Commerce Clause, and it's, it's not an equal protection, equal justice situation. It seems uh, obvious that you can't treat out-of-state trucks in one manner and in-state trucks in a different manner for doing the same thing on the same roads with the same type of equipment. Um, I think if Governor McKee did not appeal the decision, that would be the law of the case, and the state would either have to, A, take down the gantries, or B, start tolling um, automobiles. The state needs the money. They've created this situation of overspending where McKee was at, uh, at the debate bragging of how much money has been spent so far fixing bridges. And that's a legitimate concern to make bridges um, safe, safe for the motoring public. But the state's become almost like a drug addict. They're addicted yeah. to this money they need this money that's coming from the gantries. And it's, it seems to me that if the state loses the appeal, the state either says, oh, well, no more money. We'll figure something else out. Or they're going to come stick it to all motorists and start tolling everybody. So all of that will happen whether the state wins or loses after this election. But as a person who's on the road frequently, I don't feel real good about the fact that I think, I think that tolls will be coming for not just trucks, but for, you know, normal automobiles, because the state is never going to walk away from this money. They'll never walk away from it. <clears throat> no, and Tim Dodd, they had projected, you know, 40 to 45 billion a year. Um, there's been talked at the very least, they may do it during rush hour in the morning, the afternoon to try to force people to take public transportation, um, try to get more people off the roads. But, you know, even right now, I mean, if anything, Ripta is having trouble with all their routes. Uh, but we, we've seen a pattern where as much as they may say, we're not going to do that. But then, you know, then when there's an emergency, they, you know, it always starts off, it's only going to be temporary. 
it's only going to be for a certain you know period of time, maybe in the morning, try to get less people driving in the morning or in the afternoon. And then the next thing you know, uh, they make it easy where it just kind of gets absorbed. Well, and again, no politician's going to come out before an election and say, yeah, it looks like we'll have to start tolling cars too. Right. Well, it's never going to happen. No. It's going to be done in the dead of night, you know, some Friday afternoon in the middle of the winter. And it's, it would be hard to imagine that it's not going to come because the state will never just take down the gantries no. and say, and if they did, they'd have to this create new taxes to raise more money to fix the roads. The roads do need to be fixed. The bridges do need to be maintained and repaired. But this whole scheme of doing it on the back of only out-of-state truckers was crazy to begin with. Yeah. And also, as someone that I personally, short period of time, but had to drive to Newport every day, uh, you don't like it, but it becomes the fact of the matter is you're going to pay the toll when you go to the Newport Bridge. And I think they feel that Rhode Island commuters and drivers would just, you know, slowly get accustomed to it the way no one blinks or thinks twice now. You're going to go to Newport, you're going to pay the bridge toll. I think the thinking is that people would go through it. Tim Dodd, I also want to stay with something that kind of came out of the debate a little bit, but not as much. But that is a situation that's brewing in Cranston. And that is you have the mayor. I interviewed some council people. They're nervous about this proposal that Governor McKee in Cranston, you have the Pastori complex. And it's a large uh, parcel of acres. It houses Ellen Slater Hospital. It houses the DEM, it also houses the correctional facility, ACI. Um, but there's talk that there's room there that also holds, has uh, Harrington Hall, which is the state's largest men's shelter, that they would start to put down these, they call them uh, pallets, these homeless pallets, very small. If you go down to um, Roy Carpenter's, you can see Roy Carpenter's with tunic. It actually be smaller than that. It's really like a bathhouse, but it would have a bed and so forth. And that they would plop down between 500 to 1,000 of these homeless pallets and create like a little homeless village in the Pastori complex. Now, Cranston officials are saying that, you know, that they would fight this. But, Tim Dodd, that, that state land, I mean, if push comes to shove, is there anything that Cranston could do to try to prevent something like this under the law? Not really. It's not their real estate. It's the yeah. state's real estate. Um, I think it's an absurd solution that um, the McKee administration is trying to come up with. So you build all these little pallet boxes, like these micro houses or micro, whatever you want to call them. Do, do they think people are going to live and stay inside of these things all day? No, that's going to bring a thousand more people who are going to be roaming around yep. all day. They're going to be roaming around neighborhoods. They're going to be roaming around garden city. They're going to be, spreading out to chapel view all of that development um you know we're already contending in cranston as you say with harrington hall which is a continuing nightmare we've got the prisons and the city is always fighting with the state that the state does not reimburse let's say enough money to cranston because every time there's a call out at the at the uh, pastori property it's Cranston's fire trucks, Cranston's rescue personnel, Cranston's police department, who's fielding those calls. And it's a huge expense. It's a tax burden to residents of Cranston. I'm not sure if that element would give Cranston any standing to stop this pallet house development. I don't think it would, but Cranston should clearly be, you know, going to the state saying, we don't want this. We'd like to stop it. But if it's coming, you've got to give us more reimbursement money because we're going to be spending even more of our city resources cleaning up all the messes that this uh, development is going to create. Mm. This doesn't seem to be the appropriate um, solution to this problem. Uh, I, it's inexplicable to me why anyone would think this is the way to go. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Our legal expert, it's attorney Tim Dodd, right here on the John DePietro Show. We're speaking with... It's getting cold already this winter. Keep your family, your employees warm with Matthews Oil Company. Call them today, 401-942-7500. Matthews Oil Company. 
24-hour emergency service. For over four generations, they make it easy to keep your home comfortable and safe. Trusted oil delivery. Call Matthews Oil Company today, 401-942-7500. You can find them online, matthewsoil.com. Matthews Oil, premier dealer of Rhode Island, delivering the highest quality heating fuels. At Matthews Oil, they take pride providing reliable, affordable service for you and your family. Celebrating 90 years of service, call them now. It's going to be a cold winter. Get that tank filled. Call Matthews Oil Company today, 401-942-7500. In an emergency, they offer 24-hour emergency service. Matthews Oil Company, 401-942-7500. With our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd, you know, Tim, several years ago, Alex Jones and InfoWars, they were rolling, and the money was rolling in, and they stumbled upon a story. It was almost like a perfect storm of you had a story. They had suddenly all these social media platforms that they could go out, and they were really riding hard this story. They could also monitor and tell that it was effective. Um, but they, they came up with this narrative that that the shooting in Newtown, Connecticut at Sandy Hook, it was false flag. Those were actors. It was never really happening. Caused a lot of harm. But boy, Alex Jones is now once again facing the real consequences of, uh, of his actions and the actions of how he used InfoWars on this uh, horrific tragedy. Yes, a couple of months ago, we had the verdict out of Texas where I think he got tagged for about $50 million dollars. Um, Connecticut, he's getting, they're, they're ringing up the, the various verdicts for the various families with interest. I think it's going to be, if not over a billion dollars close to it, um, which is a number which Alex Jones and his organizations will never be able to pay. It seems like bankruptcy court will be the only um, refuge for Alex Jones and his various companies. Will these families ever collect um, anything close to the billion dollars that's been awarded? Um, I can't imagine it. I, I'm sure that anyone would like to get money. It's always nice to get money. But I think the parents in this litigation had a bigger agenda, which was to crush Alex Jones, to put him out of business, to make sure he could never make money again, spewing these false theories and narratives, and to crush him, silence him, um, make him a non-entity. And I think that um, what they've done in Connecticut especially um, goes a long way towards accomplishing that mission. Also, he's got one more trial still coming. This right. has been two trials. So the collective verdicts are north of a billion dollars, billion with a B, and he's got another one coming. Um, so I think that he will be finished as a public figure. He will be finished as a um, successful money-making broadcaster. Um, I think these families got the justice they've long been hoping for. When you, when you listen to the testimony that these families gave during the trial, the horrific, unimaginable things that they've gone through, um, you know, people coming to their homes, people saying the most dreadful things to them, making the most hideous accusations, um, desecrating graves where these uh, young children are buried, um, it, it's just awful. And Alex Jones knew or should have known the whole time that he was spewing a false narrative. Um, I'm sure he was happy to do so because, as you say, John, the, his company could track the stories oh, yeah. that were uh, having people tune in and listen to his broadcasts and where the money would be coming from. And for a while, you're right, he was rolling. He was making millions and millions and millions of dollars. But I think he's getting now his just desserts. Tim Dodd, how aggressive could creditors be? You know, he's not he's not old. I mean, Alex Jones is in his 50s. He'll turn up somewhere. He certainly still has a following and followers. There were people that were raising money for him. But how aggressive could they go after? All right, so he files for bankruptcy. Could InfoWars emerge under a different title? Could he like how how much could they creditors continue 
to chase him. If he, whatever, suddenly just he's broadcasting, but do, like, does all the money have to go towards them or how does he live or just how aggressive can they be? Well, can he, can he bankrupt InfoWars and just start another company? Well, this comes up all the time in bankruptcy courts. Let's assume that a person has a business, it's manufacturing business, and the business fails, and the entity keeps all of its equipment, and this says, well, we're going to start another business using the same equipment. Um, that equipment would rightfully be something that could be liquidated by creditors. Mm. So he couldn't take assets of, let's say, InfoWars, which those assets would be assets available to, um, for creditors' purposes, and just take whatever he had, his intellectual property, whatever his business equipment or assets are, and say, okay, I'm going to bankrupt this one and start a new one. It's not quite so easy because that can be seen as simply trying to uh, transfer assets from entity A to entity B in an effort to avoid your creditors. And, you know, aggressive creditors could go after anything like that that would be occurring. So he's going to have a hard time doing that. Now, if his main asset is his voice and he doesn't have a lot of hard assets and equipment and things of that nature, could he start a new platform, Jones um, Speaks, and this start speaking on a different network? Sure, he could. Yep. Uh, but if he did that post-bankruptcy, that might make it difficult for creditors to come after post-bankruptcy monies that he would receive. So it's going to be a long slog. Look at, on a, on a much smaller and different scale, look at uh, the Goldman family. They got a judgment for, yeah. I think at the time, $33 million against OJ. They've, co they've collected a minuscule amount of money right. versus that um, um, jury award. And OJ's out there. He's living his life. He's not shy. He's on Twitter. He's golfing everywhere he can golf. Yep. But, you know, certain of his assets are protected. Certain of his assets cannot be intercepted by creditors. And, you know, Alex Jones and his various companies are going to go through that same exercise. Um, and at the end of the day, I don't care what creditors do. They're never going to... Um, uncover assets and collect assets anywhere near what the total jury awards are here. But yeah. they can they can keep Alex Jones on the defensive for a long time if they're sure. willing to keep lawyers you know, engaged and if they've got lawyers willing to chase, which might be not the most financially rewarding exercise, but they can certainly keep Alex Jones on the ropes for years. Folks, so speak with our legal analyst, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, there's a local story over the weekend, URI, Columbus Day weekend, beautiful weather, a bunch of URI kids having a huge outdoor party. Police go into it. They end up arresting, I think, four students, see a picture of all these cups. But I was getting, you know, you see some of the comments and people saying, hey, wait a minute, you know, this is private property. What, what in a situation like that does give law enforcement the right to go in? It's not like a nightclub and break up a big party like that. Well, I guess the neighbors were complaining about excessive noise. This was a party. I think the cops showed up at what, like something like five o'clock in the afternoon or something. Yep. It wasn't like it was two in the morning, but there were 400 people approximately. I guess the music was loud. Um, you know, the cars parked everywhere, um, young people all over the place. At the most, or based upon what we've seen in the story, perhaps people could be arrested for disorderly conduct, something along those lines. Uh, the police chief in South Kingston said, you know, many of the people were drunk. Well, drunk is a legal word. And without any field sobriety tests and the like, I'm not sure that that statement could be proved. Um, we see lots of solo cups. Um, I guess we can presume that the people there might have been drinking alcohol, but again, a bunch of empty 
red solo cups does not prove no. drinking does not prove intoxication doesn't prove much of anything um but the police do have the power to disperse such a crowd because they can say that the the folks there are behaving in a disorderly manner and they can say look you can disperse or we can start arresting you and yeah. typically people will disperse but it it is clearly something which would call for disorderly conduct charges if the people wanted to stay and put up a stink saying you can't arrest us we're not doing anything wrong the cops would say oh really you're under arrest folks quick break much more ahead our legal expert analyst attorney tim dodd right here on the john DePietro show this is the perfect time of year to have some paving done for your home residential commercial seal coating and patios make it letter j j perry paving they provide high quality fair pricing exceptional service call them today for a free estimate 401-732-1730 the next couple of months get your driveway prepared for winter time call j perry paving today for a free quote 401-732-1730 licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting their clients needs no matter how big or how small whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving today. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Remember, even asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. Look for them on Facebook and call 401-732-1730. Remember, no one's better to veterans than J. Perry Paving. Call them today, 401 732 1730 high quality fair pricing exceptional service free estimate j perry paving 401-732-1730 we're speaking with our legal analyst it's attorney tim dot tim uh we first I, I think i had heard of christina bob in the past when she was on um, oan one america uh, news network but then she really emerged after the uh, raid in mar-a-lago i think that was um august 10th monday night because then uh, the days after that she started making appearances on the learning room show what what are we to make of the recent developments do you think she's in trouble that i, I think the part that people need to fully understand is w w when you're an, uh, an officer of the court and you're signing a document and making a sworn statement uh, regarding documents um it, it it's no fooling around they they take it very very seriously um, there's a lot of speculation on exactly how they're handling her right now. Yes. Well, I'm not sure if the media reporting is coming from um, attorney Bob's side of the equation, or if it's coming out of the justice department, which, which as we know, leaks like crazy when they want to get their message out. So attorney Bob is the woman who signed the affidavit saying that, um, all of the requested documents that the government wanted uh, from Mar-a-Lago had, in fact, been turned over. She signed that affidavit, her name, and it turned out to not be a truthful affidavit because when the search warrant was executed at Mar-a-Lago, they found lots and lots more documents which they had been looking for and which she, she had ostensibly signed off on. So now she goes in and she speaks to the Department of Justice. She goes in with counsel. I've got to believe that she must have gotten some sort of an immunity deal in order to go in there and say what she said. Sure. Um, she's already implicated um, one of the senior lawyers in the Trump team. Um, I think it's Ed Corcoran or something. Yes, Evan Corcoran. Evan Corkin. And she says, oh, no, I signed it, but he drafted it and he told me to sign it. Wow. Now, just because somebody else drafted and your superior says sign this, if she says, I can't sign this, I have no idea if this is truthful or not. Um, she's looking, it seems to me, to pass the blame on to Corcoran or yeah. others and like we've talked about in many other cases, when the feds are looking at a criminal, potential criminal enterprise, the people who get the best treatment and cut the best deals are the people who come in early yep. and cooperate. So I am sure that she is looking to be an early cooperator so she doesn't get banged 
because a couple of weeks ago, we would have said she was the person who might take the full brunt of this. Yeah, but now she she's, signed off. Now she's trying to lay off her mm. um, culpability on others. So she's not going to stand in there and take the hit. She's going to point fingers elsewhere. Um, so now they're going to wind up bringing in Corcoran and saying, well, you drafted this thing. Did you know it was true? Did you know it was false? Did you know it was false when you told this young woman to sign this thing? Why didn't you sign it? Why did you make her yeah. sign it? Right. It's going to be a whole other series of questions, and they'll try to move up the food chain within the mm. Trump organization. You know, let's assume I'm, I'm saying all hypothetically. Corcoran says, well, President Trump told me to draft that thing up and get somebody <laughs> to sign it. I mean, that's right. what the feds would like. They're going to yeah. keep moving up the, the ladder mm. to bigger and bigger fish and see what they can catch. Mm. Tim Dodd, uh, not a good situation when the attorneys start kind of inspiring almost amongst themselves. Of like, well, he's the one that told me to sign it. He could say, hey, listen, I didn't sign that. She's the one that I drafted it, but I thought she had checked it. And um, this this sounds like, I mean, it could just go down a different road. Yeah, it's not looking good. No. Now, two other high-profile cases. One is, and we haven't talked about him in a while, but Harvey Weinstein tipped out. He's back, this time in L.A., the town he once ran. And, uh, boy, he looks much different than the Harvey Weinstein. We first saw him, uh, you know, under the gun in New York. But uh, are these more of the same types of charges that he's facing? He's got the – now you, see, you don't even blink when you see him with the, with the walker. Well, you know, this all goes back to his M.O. Yeah. He was a very successful producer. He yep. knew everyone in Hollywood. He had a lot of power. He could put you in a movie. He could make your career. He could X you out of a movie and destroy your career. Yep. He had the ultimate casting couch. And oh. unfortunately, um, you know, many young actresses were put in the crosshairs of what Harvey Weinstein's MO was. Some said no and walked away. And some, you know, engaged in various levels of participation in what he was looking for. But now, uh, well, let's go back in time. In New York, he was convicted a few years back. I think he's serving a 23-year prison sentence. This case is being tried, I think, in Los Angeles County. It's four first-degree rape allegations and a number of other sexual assault-type allegations. There's five women who are direct complainants saying that you know he raped them and committed other assaults upon them. So the five witnesses who um, are claiming to be victims will be testifying against Harvey. Additionally, the court is going to allow four other women who are not direct complainants in this case to testify. And when that happens, it gets to be very difficult for defendants. Um, in Rhode Island, that would be Rule 404 of the Rules of Evidence, which allows um, the prosecution to bring in other evidence of character or propensity. So these other four women will come in and say, yep, he did the same things to me. Just like in the Bill Cosby case, sure. you know, there was the woman who complained about being given the roofies and then being sexually taken advantage of. And in one of the cases, the judge allowed many women to come in and say, yep, this is the same thing he did to me. That's a very compelling testimony when you've got person after person after person coming in and describing the same MO, the same method of operation. So he, he's got a problem. And, you know, it just shows that, you know, a powerful guy like him who has all the power, you know, you got these young starlets trying to make it in Hollywood and he can make them or break them. And he took advantage of his position. He took advantage of the women he took advantage of many people sexually, and you know, once he lost, once he lost his power and his mojo and his production company, um, he had no defenders, and no. everyone turned on him. And now he's a pariah. Yeah, it sounds like he could spend the rest of his uh, his life in prison. Absolutely. And finally, uh, you know, Brett Favre, very explosive allegations. We talked about NFL quarterback Brett Favre. 
uh, this whole business was a nonprofit. Supposedly they got hold of, I think it was either an email or a text. So he's saying to the person, so is there any, so you're telling me there's no way anyone could find out that I'm getting this money. He's, he's trying to punch back. But the question is to me, sometimes when people feel like I, I can, I can straighten this out. I'm going to clear this up. I want to clear my name. Um, that, that sometimes they can make matters worse because this, then, then it could, you know, you don't know if he's talking and it potentially is, it, it, it's a criminal problem that he has. Well, this is like the, I believe it's the biggest public corruption case ever in the state of Mississippi. Yep. Um, and Brett Favre went to college in Mississippi and um, he is quite, I guess, involved with still things going on in Mississippi. And this involves money, which was supposed to go. It was earmarked for folks on welfare to help them out. And somehow in the midst of the money that was all available, he engineered getting himself $1.1 million to make public appearances and give speeches to support and promote this program of money going to welfare recipients. He got the money, but apparently never gave the speeches and never made the public appearances. So you've got these texts where he's asking, can anyone ever find out I got the 1.1 mil? Mm. Um, It's now shown that he never did anything. He's paid the 1.1 back. So I guess he's trying to disgorge funds to try to lessen his exposure criminally. He also of this money, which was supposed to go for welfare beneficiaries, engineered, I think, five, $5 million going to um, build a volleyball court or volleyball stadium, stadium because yeah. his daughter goes yep. to his alma mater and he wanted $5 million of this money to go um, get earmarked for this volleyball stadium. So his hands are in it. His hands are clearly in all of this. Is it going to result in him being charged criminally? I'm not sure. The two main players, um, I can't think of her, the main woman's name, she's already pled guilty. She's the woman that Favre was doing all his business dealings with. She's pled guilty. Her right-hand person has pled guilty. And you don't know if there's a cooperation agreement there where these people might turn around and say, you know, Brett Favre was in on the play. He knew what was going on every step of the way. Um, who knows? But Brett Favre, even if he's not charged criminally, is trying to somewhat clear his name because I guess this whole episode has cost him endorsement deals. He's losing sponsorships. He's sure. losing speaking fees. He's losing all kinds of money because of this. And I guess his PR people are telling him to get out there. You got to try to get out front of this thing and stop the, you know, financial hemorrhaging that's going on in your, you know, business empire. Uh, but I agree with you. He might be bringing more attention on himself um, and might be saying things that piss off the people who've already pled guilty and say, "Wait a minute, we're not going to let this guy, you know." get away with this, walk away from this, put a, a, a better face on this when he was in on the play. It's a, I think it's a risky strategy for, for Brett Favre. I don't know if he's got a choice, but I would be keeping a much lower profile. Folks, he is our legal expert. He's attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, excellent job as always, and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. Take care. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane Heating and Cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401- 885-4209. 
885-4209. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Folks, the numbers at the border, people that are coming through, getting through, then escaping the United States, it's, it's really overwhelming. Joining us right now, he is Rapid Response Director for the GOP. It's our friend Tommy Pigeot. Tommy, what's the new term that is being used for those that uh, get into the country and just escape? The term is gotaways. Gotaways. Uh, yes, that, that just sort of signifies, you know, people that, the numbers that we have, by the way, are the ones that we know about. So it's people that are actually recorded having crossed the border and escaped, whether a Border Patrol person sees them or they're caught on camera. Uh, yeah, so th- those are referred to as gotaways. And that number is actually a conservative estimate. The 900,000 is that number that have escaped to this country. That's a conservative estimate because those are just the ones that we know about, which is why this is so worrying. I like those gutaways, kind of like, well, there's, you have stowaways, those that get onto, you know, a ship or a plane or whatever it may be. So these are gutaways. Now, Tommy, 900,000, what's the time frame on that? 900,000 gutaways have escaped into this country just since Joe Biden took office. Wow. 900,000. Uh, and for context, that's larger than the population of San Francisco. Yes. 900,000. I mean, wow. It's, it's astonishing. And experts like I... I just mentioned, say that that could actually be two or three times higher because this is just the gotaways we know about, the ones caught on camera, the ones that Border Patrol sees crossing the border. It doesn't include gotaways that cross the border unrecorded. And let me give you an example of how that could happen. So in Del Rio, if you remember last year or a few months ago, uh, Del Rio had that incident where a huge number of illegal immigrants were under that bridge and required huge manpower to process those people uh, at the border. While those people were at the border, 247 miles of the border additional was left unpatrolled. 247 miles. We have no idea who crossed the border over that time period within those 247 miles. And it's concerning because we know for a fact, according to the Border Patrol, that cartels are dictating where illegal immigrants cross and are apprehended in order to tie the hands of Border Patrol so they can cross the border uh, and escape into this country without being detected. So that 900,000 number that we know about could really be much higher. I mean, it just shows the border is completely wide open. And Tommy, again, um, it's it's such a difference. What what are some of the, the factors you think are contributing to this? One thing I'll say is President Trump, at the very least, um, he, he was a deterrent. You know, there was an attitude that they would not be welcomed here, that it was not open, that you'd get deported, that obviously has shifted. What are the factors do you think or do we believe have contributed to this well that factor you just mentioned it, it it is a fact and it is a factor because that's what migrants are telling border patrol are telling news agencies that right now they came because joe biden's president because of joe biden's border policies no one's hiding it at the border they're literally saying that when they arrive at the border they're thanking joe biden for opening the border and i think that's a major component of this i think the second component is really the embracing of these sanctuary cities uh, policies and these Democrat-run cities and the benefits Democrats are trying to give to illegal immigrants when they arrive here. There used to be this consensus, even as a, you know, a, under Barack Obama's presidency, that you can't be incentivizing people to come and making this dangerous journey by providing benefits, by signaling that they could stay, because it actually endangers people making this journey. Biden has abandoned that consensus. Democrats have completely abandoned it now across the country. So there's this pull factor of all these benefits, these sanctuary city policies, combined with this message from the Biden administration by as they you know roll back these policies that worked, saying the border's open. So that's really contributing to this. And then the third factor is the cartels along the border have always been there, but they seize every opportunity. And Biden has just handed them a massive one. He's handed them a massive crisis that they can use to profit. So there are these really evil, despicable cartels that are profiting off of of all this death and destruction. And Biden's decided to turn his back and look the other way while this is going on. That's exactly right. Folks, he is, again, Rapid Response Director for the GOP. It's Tommy Pichot. Tommy, great job as always. I like that. Get gutaways, and we'll talk to you again. All right. Thanks for having me. The Coincid Inn. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Folks, remember, for all your tree service... Well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 
439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006 and also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today. 439 439- 6028 439 6028 whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning emergency service bucket truck at service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028, 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call, 439-6028, or online at yankeetreeservice.com to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com remember weekdays 11 to 2 but visit the website dipetro.com that's the best way to reach me there's a direct link contact john we also have all our sponsors right there we have unique original reporting stories videos also all our links to social media whether it's facebook when we do facebook live or youtube or twitter it's all right there at the website topetro.com and then remember once you're there you can also visit the shop we have great gifts that you can get it's a happening all links to the show plus if you ever miss any part of the show it's all right there under radio show right there folks it all starts by logging on at topetro.com and on the left hand side you can always listen live again all our links everything begins and ends right there at the website topetro.com remain healthy stop in and see marie at it's my health 1099 menden road in cumberland you can also look for on facebook but call her 401-305-3585 you know the building it's that historic white church diagonally across from davenport restaurant it's my health what do you find inside well first of all great service great selection vitamins herbal remedies from trusted companies local products like ice honey maple syrup beef fresh gum over 250 bulk herbs teas and spices plus hemp and cbd products natural skin care it's my health pop in and see marie 1099 menden road in cumberland there's things for your pets there's things for your children there's things for your health stay healthy at it's my health 1099 menden road in cumberland again call marie 401-305-3585 diagonally across from davenport restaurant 